It would be my joy if you would join me in Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12. I don't know if we realize how much of a joy it is that we get to hear from the Lord and His Word today. Not just a joy, but how much of a mercy it is that we get to hear from the revelation of God to us as sinners who are desperate for Jesus today. And so we'll begin in verse 57 and go down to verse 9 of chapter 13. It says, And why do you not judge for yourself what is right? As you go with your accuser before the magistrate, make an effort to settle with him on the way, lest he drag you to the judge, and the judge hand you over to the officer, and the officer put you in prison. I tell you, you will never get out until you have paid the very last penny. There were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, Do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all those other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the tower in Siloam fell and killed them. Do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. And he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And he said to the vine dresser, look for three years. Now I have come seeking fruit on this fig tree and I find none. Cut it down. Why should it use up the ground? And he answered him, sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and put on manure. Then if it should bear fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. Let's pray together. Lord, we... We pray with St. Augustine, Lord, who said, Lord, grant, Lord, command whatever you want to command. And then, Lord, in your grace, grant and give what you command. So this morning we say, Lord, call your people. Command us. Draw us to repentance. And then, Lord, grant us the gift of repentance. Lord, let us hear this morning the necessity of every sinner to repent. But then, Lord, show us the joy of repentance. The joy, the delight of no longer putting off Jesus as as Savior and Lord, no longer putting Him aside as unworthy, but running to Him as worthy, surrendering to Him as Lord and Savior, and treasuring Him above all. Lord, may we not waste another minute of our lives, Lord, not living as You are worthy. Lord, would You do this for Your glory, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, every single one of us, in some way, we put off important things, don't we? We put off 
important things for tomorrow, for next week, for next year, that we should be doing. We put them off today, what we should be doing today. Like we put off going to the doctor or, or some of us from visiting the dentist, maybe even for decades, for a long time. We, we put off taking care of our car for the needed oil change, for, for taking it in for that checkup, which could cause a lot of trouble. Some of us have maybe put off a difficult conversation, a hard conversation with a friend or a family member. Some of us have put off a paper that's been due for class. All summer long, the college students are like, well, I've tried not to think about papers, and now you're already giving me some anxiety. Or, or maybe you put off an assignment at work. To be honest, some of these things really do matter in the moment, and they could cause issues. They could cause a lot of trouble today. Like quit flossing your, your teeth. I know I do that pretty regularly, I mean like really consistently. Quit, quit doing that for a while. Quit visiting the dentist. This could be terrible. Or, or missing a medical test. That could be deadly. Stop taking your car to the shop or, or never have the hard conversation and it could be an issue. But listen, none of these will matter 10 trillion years from now. Like, like your car or that MRI... It won't matter 10 trillion years from now. Those things will be a distant memory. However, there's one thing that if we put it off today, it will affect all eternity. There's one thing, the most important thing, that will matter 10 trillion years from now. And that is repentance. That is whether or not you repent of your sins and run to Jesus. The last thing you should put off today is repentance. See, repentance literally is a change of mind. But really, if we look at the Bible, it's a lot more than just a change of mind. It's a change of your heart. It's a change of your life. It's you headed in one direction, saying sin is worthy and turning to see that Jesus is worthy. It's going from a life that, that loves your sin and, and doesn't think about Jesus to, to hating your sin and treasuring Jesus above everything. So repentance this morning for you is, for any of us, it's putting Christ back at the center. It's stopping putting off Jesus and surrendering Jesus, treasuring Jesus Above all, this is what Jesus is driving home in the book of Luke to the listeners, to all the sinners, to the self righteous. The king is driving home for the need, the need for the crowds who are listening to his gospel to repent. This was his first sermon he ever preached. He said, Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And this morning, it's my prayer that every Heart, here's Jesus saying to you, repent. Not just demanding repentance as Lord, but drawing you into the joy of repentance as He is your Savior. 
So the first thing I think we hear Jesus saying this morning is repent before it's too late. Repent before it's too late. Jesus uses this illustration in verse 57. It's a, it's a story of an individual who is accused of wrongdoing, and he's drugged into the courts. It doesn't say what the accusation is for the individual. Put yourself in that person's shoes. Maybe you stole a person's donkey. Maybe you owe money. You refuse to pay a debt to somebody. But the point is that you are the one that's in the wrong. And Jesus says, if you're the one that's in the wrong, what would any wise person do when they've wronged another person and trouble's coming? Well, clearly, Jesus says, you make it right while you still can. While you have the time, do it quickly. But before you go to the judge, before you're thrown into prison, settle the matter now. Because if you wait, if you procrastinate, if, if you put it off till later, it will be too late. He says you'll be thrown into prison until you pay the very last penny. This is what Jesus is stressing to all our hearts this morning. If we put off repentance one day it's going to be too late. If we keep putting off repentance, one day it's going to be too late. And here's the problem. The problem is that every single one of us always assumes like we have more time. Don't we? We always put off things because we think we have more time. Listen, unless you're 90 or you have stage four cancer, you probably haven't thought about death in a week, in a month. Some of us, the whole year long, you haven't thought about dying. We always assume, especially if we're young, that we have plenty of time left, plenty of time for our bucket lists, and plenty of time to raise our kids, and plenty of time to take that trip, and plenty of time to repent later. When the truth is, none of us are promised that we're going to live to be 90, and none of us are promised that we're going to live 90 more days or 90 more minutes. Jesus says to us, listen, Jesus says to you, don't be foolish. D don't put off repentance because one day it'll be too late. Settle your debt before you're standing in front of the judge. And I'm not talking about the Warren County Courthouse. I'm talking before, before the holy judge of heaven. It's exactly what Hebrews 9, 27 promises us. It says this, It is appointed for man to die once, and after that comes judgment. Do you hear that? One out of one people are going to die. It's appointed for you that you're going to die. And then one out of one people are going to stand before a holy God. One thing we need to see is that Jesus is not saying here, your punishment's going to take a long time. He's not saying, you know, if you pay a debt that you owe, if you refuse to pay a debt you owe to a farmer, you're going to be in jail for a little bit of time. But if you refuse to pay a debt against the Roman government, you're going to be in there a long time. 
But now sinning against God, well, you'll be in hell for a really long time until the punishment's done. Until you receive all the punishment. No, listen, the punishment always fits the crime. The punishment always fits the crime. So there's a, there's a big difference between stealing a Kit Kat at five below and robbing a bank. That makes sense, right? There's not going to be the same consequences for the person that stole a Kit Kat and the someone that robbed a bank. And there's an infinite difference, an infinite difference between trying to kill the president and sinning against God. An infinite difference. Listen, we have all committed cosmic sin against an eternal God, so that calls for eternal punishment. We've all rebelled against the rule of an infinite, an eternal, holy God, and that's why hell is justly forever. That's why it's rightly forever. That's why we must repent and we must run to Jesus today before it's too late. Because the Bible says every single one of us has a sin debt that we cannot pay. A sin debt that we owe that's too great for us to pay. And we could spend a thousand forevers in hell and never pay the debt that we owe for our sin. Yet Jesus came. The eternal son to die on a sinner's cross to pay your eternal debt. To, to cancel the eternal debt that you owed so that God can look at you and say, paid in full by the blood of Jesus. So even though hell is eternal for those who don't repent, it's no match for the eternal son of God who died in your place and rose again. So listen, right now, right now in this moment, you can repent. You can change your mind. You can turn from your sin and you can run to Jesus to be showered with for his forgiveness. To be showered in grace and mercy. Or if you don't repent, if you wait too long, the Bible says clearly here, you will spend eternity in hell. Paying an endless debt that you owe, that you cannot pay. There will be no parole board in hell. There will be no dismissal for good behavior. So the only option is repent before it's too late. Repent today and run to Jesus. The second thing we see, though, is repent because you are a sinner. Repent because you are a sinner. See, all this talk about repentance, and the crowds bring up these Galilean sinners. It must have been a known story in that area, but some Galilean worshipers had been killed while offering sacrifices by Pilate in the temple. And that's, that's a tragedy. Not only is the temple defiled, but... Just a horrible situation. And the trouble, Jesus says, is less about what had happened, but why it happened. Why were they killed? See, the common belief, or, 
Or the bad theology of that day was this. Bad people, bad things happen to bad people. That's what they thought in that day. That was the theology of the day. Bad things happen to bad people. So if something bad happens, if a tragedy takes place in your life, it must be due to something being evil in you. Some sin in you. This is what happened to the Galileans. This is why they were killed while they were offering sacrifices. And all the people probably thought, hey, the 18 people in Salome and the tower fell on them. That great tragedy, it's because they were sinful. It's because they were worse than me. A greater rebel than me. It's what the disciples thought about in John 9. You remember the blind man in John 9. What did the disciples ask Jesus? Who sinned? Was it he who sinned or was it his parents who sinned? Why was he? Why is he born blind? It must have been someone's sin. Or Job's friends, right? Job's friends pressed and prodded on Job, wondering, what is it, Job? What do you need to repent of? How did you rebel, Job? Why are you such a great sinner? Or none of this would have happened. We can still hear that today, can't we? I've heard people say the only reason an earthquake ever hit Haiti was because of how sinful they were, that that country was. The tsunami hitting Indonesia, it's only because they, they are worse sinners than us. So if people believe in their heart. They're worse sinners than me. You know, sometimes we ask another bad question that shows our bad theology. Sometimes, have you heard this question? Why do, why do bad things happen to good people? You ever heard that question before? Why do bad things happen to to good people. Have you heard this? On, on September 11th, when the, the planes went into the towers, why did so many innocent people have to die? Or we see the floods in eastern Kentucky. It's heartbreaking. And the first thing some people say is so many good, so many innocent people swept away. But notice what Jesus said. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. The, the question is not, why did the, fall, the tower fall on them? The question is, why didn't it fall on me? The question is not, why were, why were people swept away in that flood in eastern Kentucky? Why was I not swept away? Why did the tornado hit that neighborhood and not my house? This might seem harsh, but th there are moments when seemingly harsh words are great mercies to the hearer. Like a kid running out in traffic. You might say some things that seem very harsh in the moment, but you're trying to rescue your child running in front of a car. And Jesus, full of grace and full of mercy, is saying, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Because the Bible's crystal clear, is it not? In Romans 3, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All, including, including you, including me, all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory 
of God. There's not one person in this room, one person in this world that doesn't need to repent. Do you believe that? Do you believe that repentance is not optional for you? Like earlier when, when Kevin did a wonderful job leading us in a moment of confession, did you, were you sitting there thinking, that's for someone else? That's for these people. It's not for me. Do, do you believe that you deserve hell? That you deserve hell? I, I love the clarity that one theologian provides for us. He writes this. No one will ever be punished in hell for being unlike you in some superficial way. No, they will be punished in hell for being so profoundly like you. Think about that. People will be in hell because they are so profoundly like you. Let that, let that sink in. People are in hell not because they aren't like you, but because they are. That's humbling. The, the only difference between someone in hell and someone in heaven is not that one person sinned and the other person didn't sin. It's that one person repented and the other person didn't. I was talking to my daughter Mendel last night, and we were, we were talking about this very thing. She brought up, which a lot of kids probably do, a, a fear of what if I ended up in hell. And I said, well, why? Why does someone go to hell? Is it because they've sinned? And she said, yes. And I said, well, are you telling me that people in heaven have never sinned? She said, well, that's, that can't be true. I said, yeah, because all of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So the difference is not that one in hell sins and the one in heaven doesn't sin. It's the one in hell never repented. And the one in heaven ran from his sin and ran and casted himself on Jesus. Ran and casted himself on Christ like you could do in this very moment. You don't have to, you don't have to listen to anything else I say, but just run to Jesus right now. I should put every single one of us on our face. Lay every single one of us low. Everything about us. Our sin, our rebellion deserves hell, so we must repent. So, so put yourself there. Put yourself there listening to Jesus in the crowd. Listen to these words to you. Unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Like there's nobody here in this room that could have been there that moment. He says, you know what? i got to change what I say. I can't say all anymore because this guy's here. No, if Jesus stood here today, he could still say, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. This must run deep into our hearts. We must remember that we deserved hell. Because here's the danger. If we start believing that hell is not a place we deserve, we'll start believing that Jesus Christ is someone we do deserve. Think about that. If we start believing that hell is not a place we deserve, 
we will start believing that Jesus Christ is someone we do deserve. And we'll quit being staggered by his grace. We'll quit being stunned by his love and we'll think, you know, we're not as bad as them. We're not as far gone as those people, as that country. Grace will no longer fill us with joy or overwhelm us with thanksgiving. It'll just fill us with yawning. If we forget that we deserve hell, but we got grace. We got Jesus. Listen, if you're not a Christian, if you're here today and you're not a Christian, you must repent and run to Jesus. Because you are a sinner and without repentance, without the rescue of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection, you are doomed. And even if you are a Christian, listen, you must keep repenting and keep running to Jesus. Because every sin of your heart is a sin that's worthy of hell and was paid for by Jesus. So we can't think of it being light. It's not that big a deal. Because Christ's blood purchased your ransom for that sin. He rescued you from it. So we're just as desperate for Jesus in this moment than we were the moment we first believed. Your lust, your pride, your anger, your greed, your fight with your wife, your impatience, your laziness, whatever sin is your sin, that is your real sin that needed his real blood to escape a real hell. It's your real sin that needed his real blood to escape a real hell. This isn't make-believe. This is the truth of God. I don't think we'll ever forget this. I don't, I don't think saints will ever get over being rescued from sin. The rejoicing in heaven will only increase as we realize we should be in hell but Jesus. Think about that. The rejoicing in heaven will only increase as we realize that we should be in hell but Jesus. Salvation belongs to our God and to the Lamb who sits on the throne. That's the reason I'm here. Not because of anything I did. Not anything I've, I accomplished. I didn't save myself. I should be there, but I'm here because of Jesus. We sang it earlier, and when in glory, when I will sing of this old story that rescued me. Repent, because you are a sinner. And finally, repent, because the Lord is merciful. Repent, because the Lord is merciful. I know, now it's bad theology that Bad things only happen to bad people. We see suffering happening to the people of God all around us. Read 1 Peter. It's not a surprise. And, and if it's a bad question to ask why do bad things happen to good people, the better question, the one we should be wrestling with, is why do good things happen to bad people? Why do good things happen to sinners like me? Have you ever wrestled with that? Have you ever asked that question? Why do sinners like you and me get grace? Why do we get 
friends? Why do we get food? Why do we get air to breathe? More time to live? Chocolate chip cookies? Why do we get all this goodness around us? Well, the answer is not to look at us. Like the answer is not to turn to yourself. It's not because the Lord needs you. It's not because the Lord looked and saw some great potential that you had. It's not because you started doing more good than you did bad. You turned your life around. No, the answer is to look away from yourself and look to the Lord. It's to look at the Lord who is merciful. Jesus illustrates this with a story where an owner is completely done, fed up with a fig tree. A fruitless fig tree. The owner, after three years, he doesn't see any fruit on the tree. He just sees a waste of the ground. He just says, cut it down. Let's get rid of it. It's no good. But then the vine dresser says this. Give it more time. Give it one more year to be fruitful. But if not, cut it down. Now, you don't need to read too hard. Don't press too hard on this parable. This isn't an argument within the Trinity, right? This isn't God the Father saying, I'm cutting it down. I'm done with the fig tree. And the Son of God, Jesus, is saying, no, Father, slow down, calm down. Let's give it another year. Let's not do that. No, the point is of the parable is that even though God must demand fruit, he wants to be merciful. God wants to show mercy. He wants to be patient with you. Maybe this is the story that Peter had in his mind that he remembered Jesus telling when he was thinking When he was writing this in 2 Peter, he says this, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Not wishing that any would perish, but that all should reach repentance. Listen, it's not that God is slow in coming back. It's that he's being patient for you to repent. It's not that your sin is not a big deal. It's that the Lord loves to show you mercy. This is out of the depths of who he is. Out of the depths of his very heart, the Lord loves to show you mercy. Mercy, he desires not to give you what you deserve. He desires to give you his mercy. To lavish his grace upon any who would repent in this moment. As Dick Bailey wrote in a forthcoming book about church planting among Muslims, he said this, God's justice demands that he punish every sin. But his mercy requires that he forgive sinners who repent. God's justice demands that he punishes every sin. But his mercy requires that he forgives any sinner who repents. Just like Kevin's verse he read earlier from 1 John 1 
1.9. He is faithful and just. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Brother and sister, God has to judge you for your sin. But listen, he wants to show you mercy. He loves to show you mercy. He delights to show you mercy. We'll see in a couple chapters from now, there'll be a celebration, a party, a throw down in heaven for every sinner who repents and finds the grace and mercy of Jesus. God is not some impatient, irritable tyrant tapping his foot up in heaven, wanting to judge you. No, he's patiently waiting. Turn. Turn to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Listen, don't take this moment for granted. I really mean it. Don't take this moment, being here, for granted. The the fact that you're not in hell right now is only because of mercy. Think about that. The fact that you're not in hell right now is only because of mercy. The fact that you have air to breathe, the air that you're breathing right now is nothing but mercy. The fact that you could be anywhere this morning, the fact that Jesus hasn't come back yet and you're sitting here right now hearing of the glories of the grace and mercy of Jesus is nothing but mercy to you. It's not the laws of the universe that still have you here. It's the heart of God being patient with you. The fact that God is giving you more time. It's more time to repent and believe. Romans 2.4 says, God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. Friends, don't minimize your sin and miss out. On repentance. Don't miss the purpose of his kindness and put off repentance. Maybe this morning you don't think your sin is too small at all. Like earlier, we were confessing our sins. You, you're like, we could go all day and I couldn't get to the end of the sin that I need to confess. Maybe for you, your your sin is not too small. Maybe you look at yourself and you say your sin is too big. It's not that you minimize your sin or miss that you deserve hell. It's that you minimize the mercy of God. You feel too guilty to be forgiven, too shameful to be welcomed by the Father, and you gave up on you a long time ago. Listen. All of your sin is no match for the mercy of God. All of your sin is no match for the mercy of God. That's why you don't get what you deserve. Jesus got what you deserve on the cross so that you don't get what you deserve. So that you get love lavished on you. So you get grace and his joy and his peace and a holy father in heaven that you deserved his wrath. Jesus took it, so now you can receive his welcome. You can receive his mercy. Jesus died on the cross, not just for vague sin, not just for many, many sins, but 
even for you minimizing his mercy. Think about that. Even for you minimizing his love and minimizing his worth. What mercy is that? What mercy is that? Jesus hung on a cross for every day that you would take it for granted. Jesus would hang on a cross for you for every day that you would take his cross, his resurrection for granted. So that we can sing, praise the Lord. His mercy is more. Stronger than darkness, new every more. Our sins, they are many. But his mercy is more. So let me ask you as we close. What are you going to do with this moment of mercy? With this opportunity right now to repent? Listen, the Lord is more ready to forgive you than you are to repent. Whatever sin that you think is great, that couldn't be forgiven, that couldn't be covered, whatever shame that you feel like will never go away, Hold that sin up to God. Confess that sin up to God. And you know what God's going to say to you in this moment? My mercy is more than that. My mercy is more. So repent before it's too late. Repent because you're a sinner. And repent because the Lord is waiting with mercy and grace for you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the good news of the gospel. The good news of the gospel that welcomes sinners who repent. Repent and run from our sin and run to Jesus. Father Jesus, you sent your one and only son that he might come and live for us. The life that we were called to live but never did live. And Lord, he went to a cross and, and he took on that cross the punishment that we deserved. But because of mercy, he took it instead of us. And then three days later, he rose again, not just as a risen Savior, but a risen Lord that demands and invites us to repentance. And so, Lord, I pray for every believer, for every non-believer here today, for people who've been Christians for years, for decades, and those who have never believed in Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would call us to repentance. That you would draw us to yourself. That we wouldn't run thinking our sin is greater than your mercy, but Lord, we would run to you. Cast ourselves upon you. Because in Jesus, we receive all that we all that we could never earn. His grace, his love, his mercy, his peace, his welcome for the glory of your name. Lord, would you do that today? Would you grant us in this moment the gift of repentance? That our hearts would never think the things of this world are worthy. But Lord, we would turn and run to Jesus, the only one who's worthy, our risen Savior and Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.